Tech Talk with Matthew Dickerson. Matthew Dickerson. Tech, 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 tech talk. Tech, 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 tech talk. Sit back and relax. It's time to talk technology. Greetings, festive season recoverers and 2023 anticipators alike. What better way to ease your overeating or your Christmas brandy hangover? Then to, the, uh, to close your eyes and dream soothing technology dreams with us as we gently float you through our last tech talk with Matthew Dickerson for the outgoing year. Welcome, folks. Let's all detox together over the next 45 minutes as we dissolve ourselves into the comforting tones of Matthew Dickerson's voice. Matthew, all the best to you. For Thank the you. season's greetings and all. Thank you, James. It is a nice time of the year, isn't it? It's a, a lovely time of the year. A time when you get to listen to... Lots of those back episodes of Tech Talk catch up on here that you missed out on during the year. That's right. It's podcast catch up time. <laughs> it is exactly right. The other thing that it is at the moment is looking to the future time. People sit around while they have a few friends around for Christmas and talk about the future and probably talk about the last year. We see a little bit of that happen. But Making talk about New Year's resolutions or planning New Year's resolutions, perhaps? Well, that's always an interesting one. I have a whole hypothesis on New Year's yeah, resolutions. Yeah, don't get me started on that path. But it's talking about the future and, and really talking about the things that are happening in the future and things that are happening over maybe the next year, the next five years. And one of the things, of course, that we do talk about a little bit is renewable energy. Mm. And I saw a really interesting project that's coming to our region probably within the next five years, but obviously there's a lot of planning that happens with these projects, and it's around pumped hydro. And we've got a big, oh, wow. yeah, got okay. a big dam near where we are, of course, Burundong Dam. And so that seems like an area that pumped hydro might be of some relevance. Now, I always thought that if you're going to do a pumped hydro project, and pumped hydro, I'm sure our listeners understand it, but essentially it's a way of taking a storage capacity of water and letting it fall. Mm. So you're getting some kinetic energy, turning potential energy into kinetic energy, turning some turbines at the bottom of that fall and producing power. But then when you've got excess power, so for example, middle of the day, if you're producing too much solar or if there's too much wind and you're not being able to get a good enough price of that on the market at the moment, put that back into your pumped hydro to pump the water back up. And mm. it's a fairly efficient way of doing it. The amount of energy they capture in that process is not a lot lost. It's usually in the, the low 90% that you're actually being able to capture during the process. One thing I do find frustrating is that people talk about renewable energy and they say, oh, I think pumped hydro is going to be the solution for all our power. And I don't know if people understand that pumped hydro is actually just a storage solution, not a production solution. Yeah, right. And I have heard people talk about that, about how big a pumped hydro plant is, how much power they can produce. And I'm going, no, they don't produce any power really. <laughs> they can store power and they can turn on the tap, excuse the bad pun there, for that hydro solution, pumped hydro solution. But this particular one is an 800 megawatt solution. I won't say 800 megawatts, that's its maximum power production capacity. Now, by my rough calculations, that's probably around about 240,000 homes that you could power when you haven't got other forms of power. Yeah, right. So that's pretty sweet. That'll that'll do us very nicely here in the Central West. Well, it will. And obviously all of this is about getting the power back to the eastern seaboard and the renewable oh, okay. energy right. zone that we're in out here has obviously got transmission lines as a major part of that solution. Mm. But the thing that I find interesting about that is that you've got a large water source in Burundong Dam, but they're not actually using the water in Burundong Dam per se. The building of this will involve two other water sources being stored near Burundong Dam and then initially when they fill it up using the water that would come down into Burundong Dam to fill up that water source. Now, that would have been perfect now with so much water that we've had around recently to fill up that, but essentially there'll be two pools of water. 
And I would have thought that you needed larger pools of water, but we're not talking about huge pools of water for this. And again, the design specs are being worked on at the moment, but it might only be, say, 10 gigalitres, maybe 15 gigalitres, that sort of size for the upper pond and the lower pond. I also thought you would have needed a greater height differential. So building it down at Mount Kosciuszko might be a much better idea, but the hills that are around Burrindog Dam seem like there's enough differential in the high to the low pool to be able to make this a valid solution. So I can see lots of these pumped hydro solutions. Batteries are great, but batteries are incredibly expensive. Batteries use a lot of materials that we've got to mine, whereas a pumped hydro solution, you're really just creating a dam at a higher point, a dam at a lower point, some pipes to let that water fall down and to go mm. back up, and then the power station and the pumps. So it seems like a simpler solution. So I'm pretty excited about all of that in terms of what might be happening, well, not quite next year, but in the near future. Very, very cool. And um, folks, I guess we need to watch this space. Well, we better dive into our, uh, our stories for today. And let's start off with, well... Perhaps before we get into what's good for you in 2023, we might have a quick look back over 2022 through the eyes of Google. Matthew, what was distracting Australians last year on Google? Forget about all the official surveys that people do. I reckon one of the best surveys is what people are Googling. When someone gets Mm. asked a survey down the main street or an online survey, then sometimes they're a bit embarrassed about something. Yeah, and your result's going to be skewed because of it. A little bit. But what doesn't skew results is what people type into Google. In the impulse (laughs) of the moment. That's right. In the silence of their bedroom and no other (laughs) eyes are watching, they might be Googling all sorts of things. Folks, you've been tracked. We all know you've been tracked. All (laughs) your thoughts have been tracked by Google. So we're going to give a few top tens here of things that have been searched throughout the year. These are up till basically just before Christmas, the items that people searched on. So just any term, whatever term people typed in, what were the top 10 terms that were typed in? And you'll know if you've contributed to this too, folks. Well, it'll be hard for people not to say they were somewhere on this list. I'm sure somewhere Mm. on this list people feature. So number one... I'm looking at number one, I'm thinking I'm guilty as charged. (laughs) That's right, number one, Wordle. Of course it was Wordle. (laughs) Now, it's interesting because I didn't think Wordle would be that big, but then when I thought about it, a lot of people didn't know the website to go to for Wordle. Mm. So they just go to Google, type it in, Mm. that'd give them the website and away they'd go, especially when it changed hands, as you may remember, through the year. Yeah, that's right. So that would have been another way that people would have then said, I'll go and look for it. So we'll run through a couple more. Australian Open was number two, World Cup number three, Shane Warne number four. So it's almost like we like our sport in this nation, isn't it? Mm. Three sporting items, three, uh, two, three, and four. Then number five, finally, world politics hits the radar, Ukraine. Yeah, okay. Of all the things that happening across the world, <laughs> Wordle number one, Ukraine number five, is it a strange world we live in? Novak Djokovic number six, probably more based on his anti-vax stance. Yeah, rather than uh, actual rather than what he's achieved. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Number seven, the Ashes. Ash Barty number eight. Olivia Newton-John number nine. And Betty White uh, number ten. Two beloved uh, people in the world. That's right. But I didn't mm. realise that Betty White would be up there as high as that in the top ten of all the things we I searched for. I reckon I googled that one as well. <laughs> we all want to know exactly when she was born and maybe what was the first TV show she was in. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there you go. There was obviously a lot of interest in there. <laughs> then we look at news events. If we go to the top ten there, Ukraine. Okay, that makes sense because it was yeah. number five overall. Election results. I'm assuming they're federal. That's American uh, election results. Or well, it could have been else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now these are, these the Ameri- are oh, in yeah. Australia. These terms are the most popular in Australia. So we we do have a fascination with America, obviously, but I would have thought it would have been our federal election results. Omicron symptoms, okay, makes sense. Monkeypox, sorry, monkeypox. Tonga number five, tsunami warning number six, Novavax number seven, 
Cassius Turvey. Bring back a lot of memories. That's right. COVID update Perth. Very specific there for number nine. And then Japanese encephalitis for number 10. I actually participated in a Japanese encephalitis study here in town and uh, had my blood taken to see if I'd ever had Japanese encephalitis. As ah, it turned out, no. So okay. it's good. But friends of mine that actually participated in that found they did have Japanese encephalitis. Didn't know they'd had it, but their yeah, blood okay. showed they did actually have it at some stage. So they were news events. Go to Australian Figures. Ash Barty, number one. Nick Kyrgios, number two. I hate the fact that Nick Kyrgios is number two, but that's only me personally. Uh, he's a person of interest. <laughs> he is. Anthony Albanese, number three. Kokonakis, the tennis player, number four. Dylan Alcott, number five. So, again, with our Australian figures, there's a heavy focus on yeah, sport, sport but three of the top four are tennis. Now, I didn't know. I mean, I knew Australians liked tennis, mm. but I didn't know it was so heavy. I would have thought cricket would have been up higher than tennis for individual figures. Mm. I suppose tennis is very much about individuals rather than about a team. So yeah. that kind of makes sense. Number six, Brittany Higgins. Seven, Grace Tame, John Farnham. Alex Domino, another tennis player. And then Peter Dutton at number 10. So he wouldn't like the fact that the opposition leader is number 10 and the Prime Minister is number three, <laughs> but that kind of makes sense. Uh, oh, we people, could have uh, superimposed maybe Voldemort into there as well, but no, move on. No, no. Now, most Google terms for loss. So people that we lost throughout the year. Shane Warne, number one. That kind of makes sense. There was a huge amount of discussion around Shane Warne. Livy Newton-John, Betty White. We've talked about her. Queen Elizabeth, number four. Yeah. If... Someone would have asked Number me, four. If someone would have asked me before that list came out, I would have thought surely she would have been higher than Shane Warne. Oh, surely more no, important you know than Shane Warne. As Warren. soon as I saw Queen Elizabeth's name there, I went, oh, Shane Warne, no, fair enough. Olivia Newton-John, yeah, uh, fair enough. Betty White was interesting, but um, yeah, Queen Elizabeth, she's top five. Top five, fair enough. So, <laughs> Anne Heshey, number five. Andrew Simons, number six. Taylor Hawkins. Aaron Carter. Bob uh, is it Bob? Sadget. Sadget, thank you. And Paul Green, so the rugby league player mm. at number 10. So it does bring back some memories. Then when we go to global, these are figures across the world. And again, tennis, tennis, tennis. It's oh, quite incredible. Wow. Djokovic, number one. Nadal, number two. Medvedev, number three. Then the court case between oh. Amber Heard and Johnny Depp put them at four and five. Will Smith, <laughs> obviously the slap, I assume, featured highly there. Yeah. Andrew Tate, Anne, Anna Delvey, King Charles, and Danielle Collins at there number 10. Yep. And then <laughs> when we look at sports, we'll run through those quickly. Australian Open, World Cup, Ashes, Winter Olympics, Rugby League World Cup, Indian Wells, Commonwealth Games, ATP Cup, AFLW, and NBL. So again, tennis, tennis, tennis seems to be featured What's highly What's not there? there is Olympics. It's got the Winter Olympics. But not the Summer Olympics. Mm. Yeah, interesting. Anyway, that's interesting. And then I won't go through the top 10 of these. I just thought some of these were interesting. When you go how to make. So queries that are saying how to make something. So when the, the search starts with how to make, what were the top few there? How to make a paper popper. How to make pom-poms. <laughs> friendship bracelets number three. Ninja star number four. And a paper crane number five. Mm. So if you're experts on origami, then mm. that's obviously featuring quite well there. And then the last one is, why is? Why is Russia invading Ukraine? Sure, good question. Not sure that even Russia knows that one. Why is plain yogurt good for females? That was number two. I didn't know that was a big thing to search for. <laughs> Maybe uh, there's a girl out there who can tell us. Maybe. <laughs> or a boy. Maybe. Why is petrol so expensive? Number three, I get that. Why is lettuce so expensive and why is there a lettuce shortage? So when it comes down to things that happen through the year, lettuce obviously was a big thing that people it wanted was. to know about. It so was. Because some people don't enjoy cabbage quite as much. It looks similar, but it doesn't quite mm. taste the same, does it? So there's a bit of our 
I suppose, a snapshot of our psyche throughout the year, things that happen throughout the year. It does give you a bit of a snapshot on what happened, but it's actually quite fascinating to see what we look for throughout the year. For sure. And for the spotificacious among us, perhaps you'd be interested in just how close to the mean your music tastes lie. Matthew, Spotify's list of the most uh, popular music streams for the year gone by, if you please. Well, we've actually got a couple of things you can do here with Spotify, and I picked on Spotify because it's a very popular music source. They've got a thing called Spotify Wrapped. Now, you can get global results, which is what we're doing here, or in this case, I'm going for the Australian results, but you can actually get your own Spotify Wrapped personalised results just for you. Mine's been tainted by my wife and my kids. (laughs) Well, there you go. Tell them to get their own Spotify account (laughs) so you don't get that tainting effect. So the artists that we stream the most, and this is actually quite fascinating because in the old days, these things were based on record sales, but it didn't really account for the fact that you might have pulled a, an old vinyl record out yeah. from years ago and really played a song that you loved. So this actually does give you a snapshot of that. What did we play this year? So the top five But artists, it also picks up on whether or not you've listened to any more than about, what, 20 seconds or 30 seconds of it. That's right. And that's when it registers. So if you're just in for a hook line, yep. then you know, you've got a lot of people who are just listening for that little hook line and then, bang, they've got it in their ear. They've got their earworm going and, and off they go. But yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So Taylor Swift, no surprise there, yeah. number one. In fact, I actually did did a quick random top 100 Australian songs the other day when I went for a run and the top 10 songs were Taylor Swift songs and Mm. I actually thought I must have made a mistake when I started my playlist and thought I must have chosen a Taylor Swift (laughs) playlist but then it got past the top 10 and kept going to other songs and I went wow that was all the top 10 from Taylor so Taylor Swift number one no surprises Drake number two Ed Sheeran number three The Weeknd Number four, the weekend. I don't know how you meant to pronounce it, but the weekend without the second, without the third e inserted in weekend, and Kanye West. Number of five. Of course, Yeezy. Okay. Yep. The songs that we streamed the most, as it was by Harry Styles, Heat Waves by Glass Animals, Stay by Kid Leroy, Cold Heart with Elton John featuring Dua Lipa, and First Class by Jack Harlow. And the next top five, I don't quite understand. It's the top five albums. And Mm. I didn't know really that people listen to albums as such anymore. I thought they just listened to songs. But these are the top five albums. Harry's House by Harry Styles. The Equal Sign by Ed Sheeran. F Asterix CK Love. Three Plus by Kid Leroy. Sour by Olivia Rodrigo. And Planet Her by Doja Cat. How many of those do you know off the top of your head? I've got none of them. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Showing your age, perhaps, yes, James. That's it. <laughs> Some of those I had to that's think about a little bit. young people. <laughs> <laughs> right. Now, apologies for the tardiness of this next story. It would have been ideal for the Christmas party season. Well, perhaps it may have saved some people, or might still save some people on New Year's Eve. Here are some tips for avoiding tipsy texting and, dare I say it, pissy posting. I'm talking about lacing your morning after hangover with a big old cherry of digital regret right there on top. You know what I mean, folks. Pay attention now and it'll save you from some unretractable mistakes. Matt, let's hope we're not too late. Well, we're not too late. And it actually reminded me of the movie Internship. I think it was about 2013 it came out. Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn were in that. And they were trying to work out some app that was going to wow their superiors in the in the show itself. And so it was all about being an intern at Google and what would happen through that process. And they had a big night out trying to come up with their bright idea. Huh. And, of course, Lyle, played by Josh Brenner, sends a girl an inappropriate text. 
And while they're sitting around laughing at him for being such an idiot, they go, that's it. That's our idea. We'll make you solve some problem before <laughs> you can actually send a text message out. What a great idea. And everyone watching him went, oh, I could have used that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. we're going to tell you the things that you could use later. And these things are now real. I don't know whether there are any of these. Save you punching out there. Unretractable. That's right. I don't know if any of these solutions existed nine years ago when that movie came out, but they exist now, so who cares? There's a couple of things you can do in the apps themselves, or sorry, in the iOS themselves, for example, in Apple or in Android, in the operating system. There's a couple of things. In the iOS system, you've got a feature called downtime. Now, downtime is designed for you really to just say, I'm going to put my phone down, have a break from everything, Mm. and I've got to go through a set of steps to undo downtime to allow me to start using it again, or you schedule it. So you say, I'm just going to schedule some downtime, have a break. But New Year's Eve, you've hit the nail on the head, I think. Mm. You're going out New Year's Eve. You might just schedule downtime to say from 9 p.m. to, let's say, 6 a.m. I'm just going to say, my phone is not accessible. (laughs) And it's not like a do not disturb where it can't take calls coming in. It can't take calls coming in and going out. So if the wrong person calls you, then you can still go, ah, blah, 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 and let me tell your fortune for you. No, it doesn't allow phone calls in. It won't let phone calls in. In or out. So it basically cuts you off from communications. That's dangerous. You can do things whereby you'll allow certain calls to certain people. So if you're going out and you want to be able to call your mum just in case something goes wrong, you can still have your mum in there. What about your ex-girlfriend? You can leave your ex-girlfriend. You leave her out of that contact list. That's exactly (laughs) the idea of it. So it's a good one because you can schedule it beforehand. And that's the thing that I'd recommend here is schedule it beforehand so that you don't have to think about it. You don't want to be thinking about doing it at five to midnight going, I better yeah. just turn that off now. I'm going to get a bit happy no, after this. It's too late. That's right. It's too late. <laughs> so look at downtime if you're using an Apple phone and go through that, play with it, test it out before New Year's Eve just to see exactly what it does. You can turn it off. But if you're sober enough to turn it off, you're probably going to you're think about the message. Send a That's right. And if you're not, then maybe it's a good idea you can't turn it off. Yeah. In an Android phone, there's a similar setting, but it's called focus mode. So if you go in and search for the same thing, the, the funny part about it is that focus mode on an Android phone is under parental control. Uh. So it might say something about your age that you should be <laughs> maybe regressing back to that age that you need focus mode on there. But again, it's the same sort of thing as the downtime. You can schedule that and set it up. Now, if you think that's all too complicated, there are apps that are available. And there are a few out there, but I picked a few, had a quick look at them, researched them a little bit to make sure they were appropriate for you. The first one is Drunk Locker. So essentially, it allows you to schedule... It's calling a spade a spade. <laughs> it is, that's right. <laughs> so you, in Drunk Locker, you schedule it as to when it turns on and off, but you also schedule the apps that are not available during that time. If you are desperate to... Post that photo to Instagram, for example, and you think this Don't is gonna this is gonna be changing my world. There's a little test that you've got to pass before you can actually go in and unre- unleash, if you like, your Instagram or whatever the app might be. So you've got to go through, <laughs> answer some questions. Now you set those questions yourself when you're setting this up. So you think about a question Wait, that you... how much fun you could have with this, <laughs> with yourself. Right. Entertain, I can entertain myself for ages. So make them hard enough <laughs> that they're not going to be able to be answered while you're drunk, but easy enough that you can answer them the next day. Otherwise, you go, right, I'll turn that off. Oh, that's a good question. I don't know the answer to that question. So you've gone too far if you go that far. So have a look at Drunk Locker. Drunk Dial... No! Exclamation mark. 
is one that specifically is on phone calls. So it won't stop you texting or posting to social media, but it will stop you making phone calls. So again, if you mm. tend to be a, a drunk caller rather than a drunk texter, that's not a bad one for you. And some of us are going to need multiples of these. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> working simultaneously. It might take you a few days to get your phone back to normal after New Year's <laughs> Eve. Uh, the other one that I liked the look of was Bacco Drunk Mode. So again, you don't schedule that, but when you turn that on, it blocks all the apps for you, and the only way you'll get uh, ability to go and do anything is to pass a test. Now, if you pass that test, you can get in and do things. If you don't pass that test, you get locked out for four hours. So you've got a bit oh, of wow. downtime there. <laughs> Whoops, got that wrong. I better wait. Four hours later, Might you can try well it again. Sleep. Might as well have a sleep or drink more, in which case, not that we're advocating <laughs> for too much alcohol, but you drink more, four hours later, you're probably going to fail the test again and you're going to be locked out for another four hours. <laughs> so hopefully, you get, <laughs> that's right, you eventually get back to that time when you can actually go and get past that test. So just a few to mention briefly, app block, lock me out, drunk mode keyboard, drunk text saviour, stupid stopper drunk block. There's a few of the ones that I found, Mm. had to play with. They all look pretty good. So if you're worried about that, then just go out and do it or leave. No, actually, I was going to say leave your phone at home, but maybe that's not a good idea because you want your phone in case something does happen. You have a genuine emergency. You want to be able to make a phone call. All of these will still allow you to dial triple zero if you need to. So even if you're drunk, even if you've made some silly mistake or something's happened and you've locked it out, you can still contact emergency services. But don't contact emergency services if you're just if being you, silly <laughs> and you're drunk. They don't want to chat with you. If, if it's they real, don't want to chat. They don't, they don't want to care hear about how much you. of a good time you're having. And they don't want to hear about your girlfriend <laughs> and what you should have done with your girlfriend this year and how sorry you are for what you did do. So no, use that only in an emergency. That's why it's called emergency services. But a, a range of apps there hopefully you don't need but i suspect some people may there you have it folks we couldn't save you at your work christmas party we couldn't save you on christmas day but at least new year's eve you've only got yourself to blame now sydney hobart yacht race fans among us will already know that there's an entrance uh, entrant in this year's race with a difference folks even long range uh, racing yachts are going EV. Matt, I'm not that up on sailing, but as I understand, the big names are still all fossil fuelsy. Am I right? Well, I don't understand, James. When I started reading this story, I... I thought it was a sailing race. <laughs> That's right. Some part of me said, isn't the wind what powers them? Why are they talking about having diesel engines? And some of these big maxis have got some fairly Wild decent size... Yeah, some of these have got some decent diesel engines in them. But apparently they like their electronics. And they like their diesel engines to power their electronics. Actually, they power the batteries okay. to keep their electronics going. And you've got some pretty sophisticated electronics on these boats. And you are talking about, the, let's say, the Wild Oats, the Blackjack, the big yachts are out there. And if they can find a wind shift just a little bit there or some weather changes, they're going mm. searching for those because it can make a huge difference, obviously, to the winner of the race. And there's a, a lot of technology that's out there on the water when these yachts are racing. So there's one yacht, only one yacht this year that says, you know what, sailing's all about being out there at one with nature, the wind powering us. Why do we have these diesel engines? We're going to just put a few batteries in. We're going to actually use some things on board, some solar panels to generate a bit of electricity. So you've got a a few things. And then some of the things you can have also, you can actually have solar panels on sails now. We've got another story that talks a little bit more about that. So build all these things in, keep those batteries charged. They do have some large batteries, but you do want a bit of weight in a yacht because you've got a big Mm. keel and you want weight down low in a yacht so it doesn't tip over when that wind is blowing. So they do actually have 
weight that's put into a yacht. So you could actually build that weight down low like they're doing on an EV car that basically gives you better handling. So Ocean Crusaders, keep an eye out for Ocean Crusaders. The people who have built this yacht say quite up front that they're not going to win this race. They're not going to win it outright. They're not going to even win handicap. But they're out there showing that you could do it a little bit differently. They took an old yacht that has actually raced in the Sydney to Hobart before and basically it was ready for the scrap heap. They took it. They've put lots of their own blood, sweat and tears into it to build this yacht ready to go in the Sydney to Hobart and all powered by batteries and other forms of energy. So I think it's a great concept. I just love the idea that they're going to try and generate all this power while they're out there, use the batteries they've got there and get to Hobart hopefully successfully. And clearly we've been recording this podcast prior to the finish of the Sydney Hobart race. Um, And so you might already know how they went, folks, while you're... um following this podcast and the Sydney Hobart Yacht Race? Well, our keen listeners would be listening to this basically as the race is about to start yeah. because our podcast is published at 9am every Monday and the Sydney to Hobart Yacht Race starts at 1pm on Boxing Day. So they, they should have already listened to this and then they can keep an eye out at the start for Ocean Crusaders and see that there'll be no little plumes of smoke coming out the back Cheer of it. Cheer them in. Yeah, that's right. So Ocean Crusaders, keep an eye out on it, love the concept and they're really trying to demonstrate what is possible out there. Tell you what, Matt, if there's one thing that I need from 2023, it'll be a pair of glasses that don't fog up. I'm crossing my fingers. As you look into your crystal ball, what can you do for me? What can you see? Do you have some spare gold? And I do like the pun there on what can I see in the future, but (laughs) do you have some spare gold? Because what I need is a really thin layer of gold. Well, that's the awesome thing about gold, is you can hammer it so thin, it's only several atoms thick, so you can see through it. Exactly right. Gold is awesome. And this is exactly what some researchers have done. They've been developing some gold nano-coating. And, of course, lots of people did find during the pandemic that you put your mask on, and the next thing that happened was you had fogged up glasses. It was quite Mm. frustrating. So you're trying to readjust how the nose sits and how your glasses might sit. Well, all of that could be, should be, a thing of the past if this technology starts to take off. So what they're doing is they're taking a very thin layer of gold and putting it between layers of titanium oxide. And what they're trying to do here... same stuff that's in sunscreen. Exactly right. So what they're trying to do here is they're trying to generate some heat on the glass because the gold is heating up to get it about 25 degrees hotter than the surrounding air. By doing that right at the surface of the glass, it should prevent it or at least minimise the process of fogging up. Yeah, right. Mm, sounds pretty Very cool, doesn't clever. it? Now, they are going thin. So it's you, not just about having a bit of extra bling. No, well, it is that as well. You can tell <laughs> yeah, people about right. that. Okay. But they're talking about it so thin, they're saying maybe 10 nanometres of gold. So we're talking about 10, 10 to the minus uh, 9 for yeah. nanometre. So basically... One to the minus oh, eight, eight yeah. Yeah, of thickness in a, a hundredth in a of a micrometer. So not or much. A ten thousandth, no, a hundred thousandth of a millimeter. So you're talking about very small amounts of gold in between those layers. Now, it's been that successful in their testing so far that they are looking at even doing it on windscreens. So imagine the idea of not having that hot air blowing across the windscreen or cold air, as some people do, across their windscreen to defog it. Sounds like it's much safer. And if it is that thin, even though it sounds expensive because you've got gold coating, Mm. someone says gold coating to me, you do think of bling. Gold coating on there, it's such a thin layer that that might make up for the cost of basically having to buy a little squirty anti-fog devices or the yeah. hot air that might blow across your windscreen. It's actually not that uh, much gold that they're actually spreading across there. No. In fact, if you've ever been panning for gold and you got yourself a little gold fleck and then you hammered that out so it was 
able to cover uh, a whole lens, I think that's probably the amount of gold you're looking at. That's a very scientific explanation there. <laughs> <laughs> that little nugget size, bang it out and should be, should be right. But uh, it is interesting to see how they're f- focusing on, on delivering this. And it's the problems that we sometimes put up with that someone comes along with an invention or an idea to actually solve that. So you get fogged up glasses, you get a bit annoyed, and you wipe them down or you spray something on them and you go, I'll live with that. But someone's out there trying to solve that problem for us, James. Right. I love the fact that yeah, happens. Yeah, fantastic ideas. Of course, solar technology is big business these days, and there are a number of ways that developers are trying to improve solar cells. Competition seems to focus primarily on the cell's efficiency in converting sunlight into electricity, but there is much more to it than just that. One team in the US have gotten their solar cells as thin as a human hair, which is pretty clever, Matt. Solar cells... Are they made of gold? <laughs> no, these ones aren't. And do you love the fact that we use a human hair? That is the standard <laughs> measurement for many thin things. I'm sorry, in the last story, we didn't talk about the <laughs> gold the gold level. Fractions comp- of a human hair, That's that gold right. was, yeah. Or how many layers of that gold <laughs> might have gone into a human hair. I don't know the thickness. Do you know the thickness of a human hair off the top of your head? No, Excuse but the very, very bad pun there. <laughs> I'm happy to go and measure it. Good. So we'll get how many nanometers that might be. Then we can compare it to the gold. So this is about trying to generate solar power in different ways. Now, we did mention before having solar panels built into sails on a yacht, for example, and there are yachts out there that do have solar panels that are on their sails, so you need that flexible. Most people think about a solar panel, they think of the PV cell that sits on the roof of our house. Yeah. It's fairly thick, it's maybe, what, 25 millimetres thick thereabouts, yeah. and it's glass on top, so it's stiff. You wouldn't think about putting that on a sail on a yacht, for example, but mm. when you get it as thin as a human hair, that sounds pretty good, but also in terms of the generation of power, and this is a strange measurement, but these solar panels can generate 18 times more power per kilogram than traditional solar technology. Now, that doesn't sound that exciting to me because I always think about surface area. When someone says, why don't you have solar panels on the roof of your electric vehicle because of surface area? Mm. So these aren't talking about how good the surface area is, but they're talking about when you're producing them, you're producing more power per kilogram. So in terms of having enough surface area, again, if we use those sails on a yacht, for example, you've got a huge amount of surface area, fantastic. You don't want a lot of weight up high on a yacht. Super light. Yeah, so that sounds fantastic. So what I think happens with this is when you get researchers designing solar panels like this, then other people come along and say, ah, now I've got that as a solution. Yeah. Let's see what else we can do Put with it. together the jigsaw puzzle. Exactly right. Now, we've seen an example during the year where you were very involved in this one where there was a guy and a couple of people from Newcastle University. Yeah, and a British guy who was uh, circumnavigating the country, but he was solar-powering his Tesla. Correct. And he had a roll of solar panels. They weren't quite as thin as this, but they were still flexible enough. They could roll mm. them up and then roll them out. If you've got enough surface area available to you, then this sort of solution is fantastic. So you could take that particular problem that they were solving with that driving around Australia with a Tesla and roll up something even much tighter. So then when you do roll it out, you have a much larger surface area. Mm. But that's just one little idea. Sails on a yacht, one little idea. There are many other ways you can start to build this sort of solar technology in. Clothing. We've got clothing already. We've seen examples of that where you've got solar panels built into your clothing. But once you get it thinner 
more flexible, generating more power per kilogram, suddenly there's not much extra weight in your shirt jacket and suddenly you've got extra power being generated as you walk around. Well, there are some things that are just out in the sun all the time. Garden furniture, garden ornaments, um, yeah, any sort of rooftop, any paving and whatnot. You start getting that thin solar layer on it and yeah. uh, every surface becomes a harvester. Exactly right. And we talk about say shingles on a roof you can buy roof shingles that are solar Mm. panels but why not build it into whatever structure you want on your roof or the sides of your house or glass or a whole range of things so solar technology we've been using it for a long time but i think there's still some way to go in terms of our development there and as we need more power from renewables there's more of a market there researchers are going to focus on this more because they can see an outcome for their research so all pretty exciting and i understand that a human hair is about 54 spider webs right okay <laughs> good good i'm glad i've got that accurate measurement now right yeah <laughs> some good news for the new year people the bad guys team took a hit recently and four men involved in a 150 million dollar cyber scam syndicate were caught in sydney by our very own federal police all righty matt do you think there's a dungeon damp enough in new south wales for these solace pond scum types well it gives you an idea of just how sophisticated these scams are 150 million million dollars and we've talked about it before this isn't some kid who came from school and learned a bit of coding from his teacher that day and said i'll see what i can do these are very sophisticated the four men aged 27 24 19 and 19 have been charged with proceeds of crime related offenses and these were one of the the only one that one of the people behind the you're expecting a package scam now what a great time to do that at christmas time yeah Surprise, surprise, lots of people are ordering extra packages. They're expecting extra parcels to come in. Couldn't find that thing in their local shops. Ordered online, that special present for their loved one. And so it's not unusual to see a message come through to say that you've got a package. But hold on, there's been some problem with customs. There's been some problem with whatever. They're very good at coming up with different ideas. You just need to confirm a delivery time. And if you don't do that, you might have to pay some additional processing fees because we're so busy at Christmas time. Oh, no. So some people fall into that, and I'm just amazed at how many people do, given the fact that they've racked up $150 million that we know of from this one particular scam. Uh, Now, there is a bit of a problem there that you might generate some money, so people thinking about this idea out there might sound nice to have $150 million in the back pocket, but they're probably looking at these four gentlemen are probably looking at around about 15 years in prison. Well, that's the maximum sentence. They may not get the maximum sentence. but Any medieval torture in there as well? Oh, we'd hope so, wouldn't we? But yeah, probably not. But just, you know, it's pretty hard to have that 150 mil, which the government takes back, by the way, and then you're sitting in jail thinking about the 150 mil you could have had yeah. for the next 10 years while you can't spend it and then you've got to work it what to do with your life when you get out. So not a great outcome, I don't think. But I hope they won't, aren't plotting more um, uh, cyber scams. Well, they know. do talk about that sometimes, don't they, that people mm. get into jail and then learn other ways to take care of Refine some... Refine their art. Yeah, that's right. So it is good, and this is great work from the AFP, it is good that we're catching some of these, and it's pretty tough to catch them. I mean, they're very yeah. good at hiding behind various VPNs they might use. They might have some spoofed IP addresses. It's a pretty sophisticated process they go through. So you're always having to try and be one step ahead. So for the AFP to catch these guys... Yeah, we're lucky there's some clever cookies in the AFP, huh? I think the biggest mistake this particular syndicate made was they were doing it on Australian shores. 
most of the time yeah. they're doing it from overseas. I don't know what reason. Maybe there was something they felt that they could actually make the scam look a bit more legitimate if they were doing it while they're on our shores. But that obviously opened up the AFP to make it a bit easier for them to capture them while they're here. Many of these scams are done from people overseas. But at this time of year, again, as we've talked about, most people have got their Christmas presents by now. They've ordered those in. But there are still scams out there. There are gift card scams. Lots of people receive gift cards over Christmas as a present. Spending those gift cards. Some people are out there trying to do some schemes with those gift cards. They're always looking at the season, what's happening in the world, a whole range of things. They're very good at latching onto the current psychology. And yeah, latching onto weakness. Mm. That's the unfortunate thing. Now, here's some medical tech that I had no idea existed flexible needles, kids. There I was thinking that a jab really came in just one single form, that being your standard straight and pointy type. But no, I was fooling myself and needles can be bendy as well. Now for those of you who haven't just fainted at the thought, apparently robots can drive a flexible needle deep into your innards more accurately than a doctor can navigate the straight pointy type. Matt! Who is volunteering to be a guinea pig for these sorts of tests? Well, the pigs, actually. They're yeah, volunteering. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> and I'm assuming the flexible needles still are pointy at the end and still hurt if you stick yeah, it in your skin. they're not straight pointy types. <laughs> That's right. They flex a bit. So you actually use this in things like a biopsy. If you were trying to find a biopsy of a lung, for example, if you were looking for something that might be in a lung, you might go and take a biopsy. Directed drug delivery. So if you want some oh, drugs yeah. to go right to a certain spot or even some very localised radiation cancer treatment, you might need to take a flexible needle down into some part of your body. Now, we know that robots are helping in various ways with operations. There are various bits and pieces of our body that we have doctors working on that we're using robots, using technology to try and help in this scenario. But having this robot-guided flexible needle can get it to the right spot more accurately and quicker than a doctor. Now, at this stage only been testing on pigs, literally on pigs, not guinea pigs, but on mm. life-size pigs they've been doing the tests on and they are finding that when they're saying to a doctor, you go and direct that into there and see how long it takes you and how accurately you can get it, then let the robot do the same thing. They are finding that that robot is doing it better, which not any disrespect to the doctors, but you've got a whole range of parameters that are being constantly read by that robot to get it to the right spot. But doctors are quite comfortable with this. Certainly doctors I've spoken to about this sort of technology because they feel like they can do their job better, but they can mm. do their job and help more people if you've got some assistance. You don't go into a robot and sit down and next thing you know you've got a needle going down inside you somewhere. <laughs> you do have a doctor there associated with it and actually decides that this is the best way to treat you. But I think we'll see more and more of this. And as the years go on, as robots get better, as we work out ways to manufacture them better, work out ways to actually deliver a robot in terms of the artificial intelligence on that robot better, we'll see more and more of these examples. But it is pretty exciting when you still get to that stage where doctors can see that these robots are going to make their job better and make our lives better. And they're our friends. They're our friends, that's right. Legend has it that there's an ancient Chinese curse that goes... May you live in interesting times. And for those with their eyes focused on the cryptocurrency scene, recent times have certainly been, well, quite interesting. Matt, what is the crypto market outlook for December 22? About the same as we've talked about before, we must say that we don't give 
investment advice on this particular podcast, but for anyone interested, the amount of cryptocurrency that I've ever bought in my entire life accounts for zero dollars mm. of my bank account. Are you investing that much in FTX? Um, I'm investing approximately the same amount in FTX. Right. And so the collapse of FTX, the bankruptcy of FTX, is a good reason to have a bit of a discussion about what's happening. Now, we know that people get excited about crypto and some people, Bill Gates, we talked about during the year, Bill Gates talked about the fact that it's all relying on the greater fool theory. We talked about the tulip market in the Netherlands way back a few mm. centuries ago. And that seems to be the issue with cryptocurrency. When I go and buy shares in a company that produces widgets, then I hope there's not just the profitability of that company and the increase in the share price, but it's got something behind it. It's producing something. It's doing something useful. Mm. It seems to me when people invest in crypto that they're investing as the tulip process went. They're investing in something I hope that just gets more expensive and then they can sell it again. But you've got to find a greater fool to sell it to when it gets more expensive. Yeah, it's literally thin air and you want to find a fool that's prepared to buy your thin air. That's right. That's right. And if you can, good luck to you. Well done. So the FTX collapse, obviously that was in the vicinity of 5.8 billion that that was well, actually, it was valued much more than that, but shortly before the collapse, it was valued around $5.8 billion. So that's a few dollars that people had invested in an exchange. So that wasn't even a cryptocurrency. Mm. That was an exchange. But then you start to look at the impact that that has had across a whole range of other cryptocurrencies. So Bitcoin is the one that most people are familiar with, most people have heard of. So it's now dropped to fresh two-year lows. You were getting some ridiculous amount of dollars for a Bitcoin. But at this stage, I think it was up around $58,000 two years ago. It's down around $17,000. But even at $17,000, I do It still sounds pretty good. It does sound that. That's right. Now, um, so Ethereum was going, it was going through the roof. I think Ethereum at one stage was around $15,000. It's going to drop down to as low as $1,100, maybe $1,300. So uh, there's been approximately, if you want to get a general view there's been approximately $2 trillion of value wiped from the crypto market since November 2021. So in just over a year, $2 trillion. So forget about talking about Bitcoin or Ethereum, the individual valuations, $2 trillion. That's a lot of mouse clickers um, feeling very sore and sorry for themselves. Yeah. So year to date, if you do want to talk about Bitcoin or Ethereum, they're both down 65%. So that's a bit scary if you'd invested, well, a certain amount of money some time ago over the Mm. year, and that's a drop of 65%. FTX identified when they found, they went through that bankruptcy, 216 bank accounts with total balances of $564 million. Tell me that wasn't someone trying to just get away with some money there. So anyway, it's a scary market out there. My opinion on cryptos hasn't changed. I love the technology behind cryptocurrencies. I, I think it's fascinating. I love that. And that may be used in some way down the track. And we've joked about it before, the greater strength of a cryptocurrency is its greatest weakness. It doesn't have any big bad government or any big bad reserve bank behind it all, making sure it's all legitimate. That's Mm. its strength and its weakness. But you might find the technology behind cryptocurrencies might be used in the future by some of the reserve banks or we might have some digital currency used by governments around the world at some stage down the future, but it needs to have someone that's 
actually in control of it mm. rather than some masked man that no one really knows about and can change the rules in a heartbeat. So I think, I think there'll be something that happens around that because people are losing money. Innocent people, I want to say innocent people, they're trying to get a quick buck, but generally they just don't have the knowledge to actually know what they're doing. So you might find that there will be some sort of laws introduced. There might be some sort of regulations introduced with cryptocurrencies. Again, that'll be until they come up with something else to try and scam people from their money. And it just sounds like a big scam to me. So you've been warned here, folks. Many (laughs) times you've been warned. And that's it, folks. 2022 has officially run out of stuff as far as we are concerned. We're going to put a full stop on it right there and send 2022 files straight to the archive with a satisfied sigh. (sighs) Thanks for a cracking year of tech talking, Matt. It's been a real hoot. It has been, and it's actually fascinating. I did it the other day because I'm going to do a best of to start the new year, best of 2022 for the first episode of 2023, so stay tuned for that. But some of the things we've talked about through the year, fascinating, Mm. and some things, it's amazing how quickly things have developed in that technology. Just listen to episodes from the beginning of the year, things we talked about there, and I won't give any things away here, but some of the things we talked about there, we look at it now and say, well, that's just silly now. We know more than that. Other things, yeah. we go, wow, that's developed further and things are happening there. So it's amazing how quickly things change. So the it's really exciting. The rate of growth of information is just oh. mind-bending. Yeah, and I find it fascinating. The things we talk about each week, it's fascinating. Yeah. And, and knowing that somewhere along the line, these things are happening and changing our world for hopefully the better. It's good fun, and I hope our listeners are enjoying it just as much. This is me, James Eddy, thanking our regular listeners for tuning in week after week. We hope you have a or had a lovely Christmas and that you'll look us up again in the new year. Now, as Matt said, we're still posting next week, though uh, we've got a bit of a best of episode next week while we stretch our legs and take a brief pause. We'll be back and supercharged in 2023 with more fascinating news from the world of science and technology. Do someone else a favour and get them on board for Tech Talk. Tell them about us and keep uh, keep them up to date with Tech Talk with Matthew Dixon.